Hello and welcome to CBuzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber and CD1025. This is the show where we bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners. We've got more great stories, more business owners, great business owners with us here today. I'm your host, Dan Swartout, and today we're talking with Ryan Miller and Meg McCabe, the owners and founders of M2 Marketing. Ryan, Meg, thank you so much for being with us here today. Hey, Thanks thank you so for, much yeah. for, for having us today. I've listened to the show and you've had some great business owners on there. It's inspiring and, and interesting to hear their stories. So it's fun to come on here and tell our story as well. That's awesome. And I appreciate how you pretty much just repeated the mission statement of our show. I love it. If anyone's interested in what this show is about, it's inspiring business owners learning about business. And we're super excited to learn about your business today. Tell us a little bit about M2 Marketing. Well, M2 Marketing was designed and developed 11 years ago, myself and Megan. We, we went to grad school at Ohio State's Fisher College of Business. And really, we felt at that time, if you can envision 11 years ago, um, most of the businesses that we had come in contact with, their their core focus was maybe updating their website. Yeah. So we started off just developing websites and quickly we understood that the relationship with the client was always going to be key to us. Uh-huh. And so developing those long-lasting relationships was just integral to the growth of our business. And then creating web-based solutions and traditional graphic design were the components, the executables that we actually could do. Um, but the relationship was always at the center of what we um, try to do as a business. And, and the culture within M2 Marketing uh, if you ever walked into the to the building, um, you would see that the that the staff really truly has a great relationship with our with our clients, and um, and I think that's probably our biggest point of differentiation. So, it really actually makes it a lot of fun, you know, when you when you care about the people that you're working with, both the employees and your clients, it makes work that much more enjoyable. And and like Ryan said, it's really been a selling point for us and really how we've sold our own business is, you know, you hear referral-based marketing and, and working with others, but we really try to take the approach of that relationship, relationship-based selling and uh, it's worked really well for us. Columbus, Ohio, The Ohio State University, tremendous, tremendous sports town. And I'm sure there are people out there listening right now who are saying, hey, how can we go this far without asking Ryan and Meg a little bit about their collegiate athletic background at the Ohio State University. That's right, the Ohio State University. Well, right. you know, so I'm a little, I know it doesn't look this way, but I'm a little bit older than Megan. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was in school, when I was in school, I played football for Ohio State. I was outside linebacker. Um, I was part of two Big Ten championships <clears throat> and a Rose Bowl victory against Arizona State my senior year. Uh, we finished number two in the country. We had the number one overall defense. And uh, my playing days at Ohio State, I'm very proud of. And probably the thing that I um, value the most is is those maybe core elements that, uh, that, that literally were ingrained in me while I was at Ohio State, the things like time management, commitment, teamwork, effort, intensity. Um, responsibility, accountability, uh, almost like military type of sure. um, uh, almost brainwashing to a certain extent. But I think those translate into business life. Um, if you, you know, my dad told me when I was a young kid, and it resonated once I got out of college, was if you work hard, keep your mouth shut, good things happen. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that's true. And it's true on the football field. It's true in our business life. Um, I think that's why Megan and I click so well. Our understanding of our role on the team and how to compete together to win as a team. Um, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't really care who gets the credit. 
and um, Megan and I understand that, and we we really kind of play off of one another well. I think the interesting thing too is, like you said, being being good teammates and understanding that we have different roles and different skill sets. You know, my skill skill sets are very different than Ryan's and and what I bring to the table, and his skill sets are very different than mine. But we still have the same values, we still have the same work ethic, and again, a lot of those things come from um, you know playing sports as, as a youth and then taking that to the collegiate level. I had the opportunity to, to play basketball at Ohio State, and it's interesting because that's actually how uh, we had our connection. Right. I actually played basketball with his wife, uh-huh. and then she learned that we were going back to go get our degrees at the Fisher College of Business, get our MBAs, and she was like, oh, my, my fiance you know, at the time is, is going to go back to get his MBA as well. You guys should hook up in a group. Uh, we ended up being in the same group, and you know, 11 years later, we're here running a business to get there. Now, Meg, after you were done with your undergrad days, your playing days, you right. went to work for Mettler Toledo, correct? Yep. So they have a rotational program for their engineers where it's really an interesting experience. You spend about a year and a half um, working around a different rotation. So, you know, a lot of people come in and they get to work one job for a couple years and then hope to hope to move up the ladder here they move you around to different spots and i had the opportunity to get in a marketing role and actually a a couple different marketing roles i worked in a little bit of hr i did some software development which was what my background was with the computer engineering so it really gave me a a wonderful um, foundation for for my business life and my career and because I was able to get into a marketing position, that's what kind of started my thought process of, okay, I've got an engineering background mm-hmm. and, and I've got a degree in engineering, but um, when you have that degree, there's not a lot of business knowledge that you get because you're focused on physics and right. chemistry and calculus. The hard sciences. Yeah, and all, and all those things. So I thought about, you know, how do I really improve my career options? And uh, so I decided to go back to, to Fisher College of Business at night and work on getting my MBA so I could improve that business knowledge foundation and marketing side as well. And excellent. And Ryan, I know people are probably listening to this right now and saying, Dan, on today's episode of CBuzz, you are maybe the second best broadcaster here uh, on the show. Because Ryan, right out of school, you you had a phenomenal career in sports broadcast and journalism. Yeah, that was um, one of the highlights of my working days was being able to work with the guys over at uh, WBNS 10 TV and Sports Radio 1460 The Fan, now 97.1. Mm-hmm. Um, r- r- literally right out of college, I just to give you kind of the backstory. So I graduate um, like every individual that plays at Ohio State, your goal is to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I was invited to a New York Jets training camp. I basically have a cup of coffee with Bill Parcells, who's the co- who, who was the coach at that time. Was Belichick the defensive coordinator? Belichick was the coordinator? linebacker coach. Linebacker's he was my coach. coach. Okay, yeah. okay. So I, I'm, good memory. Good memory. <laughs> so so he's my linebacker coach. Great guy, by the way. So, so same with Parcells. Uh-huh. So anyways, I, um, I go to the training camp, and I don't make it past the second cut. Come back to Columbus. At this point, it's too late for me to get back into my graduate school program. I had to take a you know an entrance exam, whatever. I don't want to bore you with the gory details, but the reality was I needed about six months of just working in Columbus before I was going to continue my education. At that time, sports radio was a newer concept in right. town. If you remember, Kirk Herbstreet had the afternoon show, the Kirk Herbstreet show. Mm-hmm. He was doing the sidelines for the you know for the Buckeye broadcast team. And um, this is before he was on game day, obviously. And he, uh, he and I lived really close to one another. And he was actually a quarterback on the team when I was a freshman. So I, we were really good buddies. And 
he was just a solo act. As you know, when you're doing radio, if there's nobody else in the room and you're doing a radio broadcast, at some level, there's no feedback and it's kind of, it can be tricky, right? It very can be little, challenging. It can be very challenging. And so the moment you introduce one additional person, a team or, you know, a teammate with you or a guest, in studio, boy, it just makes the world so much better. Oh, yeah. And so Herbie would always say, Ryan, can you just come down and just talk with me <laughs> and we'll have a better show because <laughs> it's less boring for him. Even though the, the, you know, the guys driving around listening to the radio show, they're having a good time listening to Herbie talk about all the top 10 teams in the country. Absolutely. But for him, it's really, it was, as you know, it's challenging. So I would go in and just start talking with him. And the program director said, man, we, you're doing a pretty good job. Maybe you can do the morning show. Because we don't have local in the morning, and this community wants to hear Ohio State football twenty four seven. Right. So let's let's create a, a morning show, and they called it Miller and Mark in the morning. And Mark Wyant, who is a great friend of mine and uh, really a great broadcaster, he was the the um, the technically trained broadcaster that would bring us in and out of the breaks, and then I would provide almost like color commentating, right? So he would do play by play, and I would do the color commentating. Um, we had this really good show. Once that started to snowball. The TV wanted me to do a couple of packages for wall-to-wall sports, yeah. which is the late-night show on the weekends for sports. And I started to learn from Jay Crawford, who's now on ESPN. Jay Crawford. And so I started to learn from these guys like Herb Street and Jay Crawford. And, and I'm having a ball. I'm a single guy. I'm a young guy. I'm traveling around with the sports teams. What's there not to like? Oh, by the way, they pay you, too, to do that, oh. which is crazy talk, right? Yeah. So I'm in the perfect <laughs> position, in the perfect job, loving life. Um, the, the one moment that just kind of really rang true for me is I was in 10TV's chopper on a Friday night flying out to, to, to a game in the middle of Timbuktu, right, um, where the, the, all the community comes out to watch this Friday night football game. Right. We land the chopper, go to the game, and we're, as we're flying back, the, the, the photographer, the videographer at the time, is radioing back to the station and says, uh, hey, how did did my wife call the, the, the station yet? I'm, I'm trying to see how my son did for his senior night of football. And I'm in the chopper saying, "How did? How are you not at that game?" And uh, he said, "Well, because we got to shoot. The, we got to work. I mean, this is time, this is the time of year we work." And then it dawned on me, "Holy cow! Sports broadcasting works." And it just dawned on me at that moment. Every single Saturday, Sunday, Friday, because that's nights when the sports and weekends. Ha- yeah, nights and week. That's when the sports happen. So I thought, boy, the rest of my life, this is kind of going to be my reality if I continue down this career path. And I just started getting serious with Lauren, my my now wife. Uh huh. And we were talking about, you know, maybe getting even taken to the next step and sure. children. You know how it sure. is when you're madly in love with yes. one another. You're talking and, the picket fence. Oh, you're goodness, talking dogs, the 2.2 cats, kids. It's the craziness. And uh, so at that point, I th- started to think, boy, I, I might need to rethink and get back to college, you know, grad school, much like I originally had planned. I kind of got sidetracked there for about seven, eight years. Um, and I really thought that that would make sense to maybe pr- reprioritize what I wanted to do with my life. And it was the best decision I ever made was getting back to the Fisher College of Business at Ohio State because then I met Megan. We had uh, chemistry from the beginning. We decided to start M2 Marketing. And really, um, we've talked about it a lot, but it allows us, being being an owner of a business allows us to not only compete in the business world, but also um, be the owners of our own um, opportunities to be involved in our 
life's most memorable moments with our family and sure. our children. So that's what's it's, key. Yeah, it's interesting because that crazy schedule he talks about wanting to, to get away from actually helped us in the start because his days off, his weekends were actually Mondays and Wednesdays. So when we actually decided we wanted to start the business, I remember I'd go, I, I told Mettler Toledo what my plans were and they were gracious enough to give me a, a period of time where I could train the team that I was working with and have a transition period. So what I did is I transitioned to part-time and then Monday and Wednesdays I would take off as well and we'd go over and meet at his house and you know start our business plan and, and really start the the ground running before uh, you know we had to, to move on from our other jobs and we still had a, a little bit of job security so it was it was perfect from a timing standpoint I'm a business owner and I'm reaching a stage with my business where I feel like I need some sort of marketing plan marketing strategy what would you say to a business owner as they're getting close to that point? Some keys, some indications that, yeah, maybe it's time to take it to another level with the marketing strategy with an outside firm. Because I think as, an, as a new entrepreneur, and I'm sure you guys had that right. case, you handled the marketing because you're doing all, you're wearing every hat. But eventually you need to... You need to find somebody else, experts in that. Where do you think that stage comes for a business? I think the biggest thing that I've found is a lot of times people, uh, sometimes people even want to go past the planning stages, but uh, I found that sometimes when they when they are thinking about planning, they f forget about you know the goal setting and really what they want to accomplish first. And it's really hard to develop a plan if you don't understand what your goals are and where you want to go, because your, your plan is going to determine how you get there. So that's that's really I think my first you know point of advice is really understand what is it that you want to accomplish right. um, with your business and that that could be personally it could be you know from a financial standpoint that could be you know from you know what you want to accomplish in terms of you know taking over the city and being number one in the market but really understanding what you want to do and what you want to accomplish is key and it sounds basic but it's interesting to see how many people really don't understand what yes. their goals are yes and that even translates down to the level when we're talking about um, websites, right? When we're building a website, people just know, oh, I need a website or, oh, I need social media. But they don't understand that you have to understand what your your goals or we talk about KPIs, key performance indicators, so that you can understand, too, as you're going along, are we are we making progress towards those things? So that, like I said, that's, that's the biggest thing for me is understanding what your goals are so that you can then put a plan together to move towards those goals. And to dovetail on that, I'd say most most people majority of people lack the focus to actually get into that deep conversation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so they'll get distracted by we all get distracted by a billion different things especially a business owner oh. and so if their goal is to try to go out there and and understand what their marketing initiatives are or their marketing plan is um, typically they have to remain focused on actually executing what in their in their mind in their world where their goals are and I'm telling you we've seen it time and time again uh, it's almost uh, uh, something that I feel like uh, the younger entrepreneur falls prey to that they they get all excited uh -huh. they've got all this confidence in the world they just graduated from Ohio State or from wherever and now they want to start hang a shingle and start a business lack of focus a little bit out of control 
now they come looking for somebody. Can somebody kind of help me write a business plan or do this or do that? Meanwhile, those types of things are so integral to you. You are kind of the one that has to really understand what your business plan is. It's not just when you're starting a business. It's really, you know, being able to evaluate that and look at it each year as you go on. We're guilty of this. A lot of times business owners get busy running the business, right? Absolutely. You're serving your clients and you're not necessarily paying attention to what are our goals and what do we want to accomplish. And that's something that, you know, I know Ryan and I have kind of been coming back to trying to figure out, you know, where do we want to take M2? And if, if we're looking to grow, how do we go about doing that? And so we're trying to find time to put put back the focus into our, our own goals and planning to, to understand what, what that looks like and, again, how we're going to grow. It's so. the age-old age cliche, cobbler kids have no shoes. And that's the <laughs> truth. You know, the, you spend so much time working on everybody else's project, you don't even work on your own. And uh, that's that's kind of how I see yeah, it. That's I true. don't think I've ever heard that. I like that. You Cob- haven't heard that? I'm, I'm using you can that, keep that today. I'm using that you in every what? single C-Buzz from here on <laughs> out for every entrepreneur. I love that. That's great. Um, the other thing that kind of followed up on that, that follow-up question I had was when I look at M2 Marketing, you are an interesting blend of both art and science because you've got the art of, of creative design and, and visual design and appeal, but also the science of search engine optimization, writing code, doing websites, developing apps. Is that a challenge? How do you manage both Great the artistic side and the you scientific know what? Of all the science. questions you've asked so far, that's been the best question. Okay, I didn't, good. I didn't well, yeah. the show's it's, over after you know, this it's, one. It's really, really interesting that you bring that up because that's what actually drew me. So I, my, my degree is in computer science uh-huh. engineering and my track was software development. So I had the programming background, but I like the creative aspect as well. So that's actually what drew me. I I didn't learn how to do websites in college, but when I was working with Metla Toledo, I had some opportunities to just, you know, kind of be a self-starter, bring some initiative to the table to build some tools for the marketing groups uh, or Salesforce that we were working with. So I was using web technology to build some of these tools to run better reports for, Mm -hmm. for the guys I was working with. And I love the aspect of having that, you know, you know, more immediate gratification of being able to see what I'm developing visually, where software development, literally you can develop programs for years and not have that visual aspect right away. Mm-hmm. I liked that instant gratification of being able to see what I'm developing, having some artwork and design into that, and being able to use the, the left and the right side of the brain. That's what I love. Ryan, one of the things you talked about is leaving the broadcast career is you wanted to achieve a greater work-life balance. However, as I have learned during this show, entrepreneurs are on the clock 24-7. So how are you able as an entrepreneur to achieve that work-life balance that you wanted? Great question. And I, and I think my... They're all getting great now. My, question, my, my, <laughs> my, my, my experience in football kind of laid the foundation and the groundwork for um, time management and understanding that anything worthwhile is going to take a lot of energy and effort. Okay, And then when I got into the TV... Um, understanding that my time is not my time um, really resonated. And then uh, really uh, spending those late hours of editing a package or writing a story or writing scripts for the next day's story and 
understanding that six o'clock means six o'clock because the the lights come on and the show's going on. We can't. It's not six o five. It's six o'clock. <laughs> yeah, no so choice. deadlines in the TV and in broadcast world are deadlines. <clears throat> Deadlines in the rest of the world, which I found out, which was mind blowing to me, <laughs> is, that, that, that they're not actual deadlines. You know, so they're suggestions. There's, yeah. So to me, <laughs> when we first started, that was something that I thought, man, we're we're going to be able to kill everybody in this market because deadlines to everybody else in the world don't mean anything. But in broadcasting, a deadline is a deadline. You have to produce that piece, or they're not going to have just dead black air on the screen. You can't go to black. Okay, no, that's no. just not going to happen. And so. Um, taking those two skill sets and then understanding that work-life balance. I think when we first started, I remember telling Megan, hey, look, at this first year, I could work 26 weekends this year. And I would feel like I had 26 weekends off. It's not just work-life balance for Meg and Ryan within the business. We really tried to create an atmosphere and culture within our work so that we don't want our employees staying and when it it gets to five, six or whenever their time is to leave, I don't want them staying at work until midnight. I want them to go home to their families mm-hmm. or their hobbies and, you know, kind of their the, Netflix. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, right. whatever their thing is, you know, that's great. I, I want them to work hard when uh-huh. they're there. I want, you know, the whole work hard, play hard mentality, because I feel like that's going to make them better and more focused when they're at work than if they're there all the time. So we really almost have an expectation of our employees to, you know, be there on time. And then when it's your time to leave, go home and and get her, you know, get refreshed and do the things that you like to do, whether it's spending time with your family or, um, you know, watching Netflix, like you said. (laughs) Now, also, some of the initial discussions, because you met when you were both at the Fisher College of Business, which is just a tremendous, tremendous asset to the community. You know, Ohio State, such a phenomenal university. Fisher really shines through as a, as a great, great facility, great education, pumping out incredible graduates, doing amazing things with an amazing national reputation. So you're meeting there at Fisher. You're having these initial discussions. You're feeling each other out. When did you know, yes we are going to be partners. What was interesting, we were actually at a class out in Washington, D.C., which was an amazing experience in and of itself. And we were in a hotel room with a couple of our, our classmates, and, and Ryan got a phone call from, from one of his buddies and said, hey, you know, Coach Trestle is looking to potentially build a website for the Ohio State football program, and I know I've heard you talk about doing this thing on the side, so I think you should call him and, and get in touch and say, hey, Coach, how can we help you? So... That was kind of a, a big light bulb moment for us. That project really kind of capsulated uh, and pushed us over the edge of, okay, we got to do this. Uh-huh. And so uh, I can remember he says, because uh, I called him back, and, and he says, uh, you want to meet me over at Don Scott Airport at you know, 5 o'clock in the morning, at, you know, next Tuesday? And so I said, sure, of course. I mean, he could have told me to meet wherever I uh-huh. was going to meet. And, and so Megan and I go, and we get on this little plane, and this little puddle jumper. Next thing you know, we're in Blacksburg, Virginia, meeting with Frank Beamer and his web development ge- gentleman. And uh, Coach and Frank, remember the, the two coaches get together, and they introduce me and Megan and, and one of their guys. And they say, okay, you guys have at it. And they walk in the other room and start watching football tapes. <laughs> and so, so Megan and I are sitting here talking to this gentleman that basically ran Beamer Ball, which was the website for Frank Beamer back then. Mm-hmm. And we learned, we took a lot of notes, learned about it. And then we get back on the plane 
And meanwhile, Coach hasn't really asked anything about any website or anything. Just left it to us. Knew that we were, um, you know, had his best interest in mind. We get on the plane and he says, "Okay, so tell, give me the summary. What, do we, what did you, what did you guys learn?" And we we told him, "We this is what they do. This is how they do it. Here's the things that you've talked about that they don't do, but we can do." And so he kind of pauses and it's a little bit silence. And we're thinking, "Say something. Say something." And he says, "Can we do it better than them?" <laughs> <laughs> And Megan says, yeah, we can. So that's kind of the, the excitement of how that project started. And then we did. And, um, you know, that, that clearly gave us a, a portfolio piece to show off to people that meant we're serious and people can trust us. And, and um, you know, it just started to kind of snowball from there. Coach Dressel having the opportunity to do that clearly is one of the best things that's ever happened. But I'm still convinced to this day some of the best deals that we've done are the ones that we didn't ever do. Really? Because it keeps you clean. It keeps you focused. It keeps you on track. And um, there's been a lot of those crazy ideas in the room. Uh-huh. But boy, would that take us off, our eye off the ball, you know? And, and that's hard for people to, especially when you first start, because you want to do everything for everyone and you want to make all this crazy money and solve the world's problems and, you know, co- conquer the world and retire at 27 and whatever. But it's crazy to think the... Um, the, the amount of uh, deals that we've decided to pass on have ultimately been the best thing for us. So the, those were decisions that you made. They right. came to you. They said, we want you to do this. And you said, that's not well, in if it's our, out of our best yeah, interest. If it's, out of our, if it's out of our ballpark, um, and I think Urban talks about this. Coach Meyer talks about this a lot. Um, you know, keeping things in center field. Mm-hmm. He uses sports analogies a lot. But, uh, you know, if you go to a baseball game, there's all this stuff going on. There's guys selling a hot dog in the stands. There's the third base coach. There's the umpire behind home plate. There's all sorts of craziness going on. But the reality is for him and for businesses in general, you need to focus and keep things in center field. And if you just keep them right there, you can, you can accomplish great things. And, and it's hard to not get distracted. And uh, especially when you, when you own the business and you're making those decisions on where you can go, um, it, it can be very, very difficult. And sometimes you don't, if you haven't thought through those goals that Megan was talking about, now you don't have a, you don't, you don't have a guiding compass for yourself. And I'm sure you've already talked a little bit about the advantages that came from your athletic backgrounds that have applied to the business world. Are there any disadvantages? It's almost a foreign question to me mm-hmm. just to think, I would really have to try to sit through and think what it would be a negative um, reality that I that I received from playing athletics, and I and I can't think of one. I mean, especially the sport that I played, which was football. Um, things as as simple as getting knocked down and getting your butt back up, right? Transla- translating that into the real world. I mean, we're, we're all going to trip and fall at some right. point. You know, there's not you're not going to make every open field tackle. It's just not going to happen. But you got to line up that line up and you you got to get ready to go. <laughs> you got to have that short mentality. And you, the most important play is always that next play. It's always the next play. And so we talk to that with our clients. We talk about falling forward. Like if we're going to make mistakes. But let's mis- make mistakes falling forward. Let's advance the cause. Let's let's fall forward. If we're going to make a mistake, let's correct it and know we're better from making that mistake than you know continuously shooting ourselves in the foot and reloading only to point it back at our foot. Let's not do that, okay? It's actually given a, a really good perspective now that we both have kids as well. You know, we both have gotten involved with coaching youth sports, and it's been inter- interesting because having that youth sports background or playing sports growing up and then also now having a business background, it's been really neat for me to be able to tie what I know from sports into real life and actually start to teach that to my sons that are going through the same things with their activities to help them see 
see where this applies, what they're doing now and the, the hardships or learning how to fail or not to win isn't just about football or basketball or what they're doing right now on the court. That's going to help them in life. For those of us out there listening, what it is you do, Philip? Phil, Charity-wise. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start and then let him take over because he's got some some great stores in, in terms of the Second Seven Foundation that, that mm-hmm. he founded with some of his his uh, teammates from years ago. But I think both of us were lucky to have parents that really made sure that we knew how important it was to give back to our communities and, and churches, um, whether that was financially or with our time. Um, so, so again, both of us were lucky in, in having that, that mindset. I had the ability with the Mettler Toledo to start a program with that rotational program I was talking about yeah. earlier. I actually started a community aspect of that, and it's been really neat because that's still in place there, even though I've been gone for 11 years, they still do that. And then Ryan has got a great story with the Second Seven Foundation that he started as well. That's actually, you know, M2 is, is very tied into as well. So well, literacy. Yeah. So Second Seven was developed 16 years ago with myself and Mike Vrabel, Luke Fickle. Vrabel's down at the Texans right now. I've heard coach. of those guys. And then Fickle, of course, defensive coordinator for Ohio yes. State. Yes. We were all roommates in college on the same team. One of the things when we were in school, um, Ohio State periodically would call the different athletes on the team and ask you to go read to a school or go be at a D.A.R.E. graduation or, or a Boy Scout graduation. Uh-huh. Or, you know, do some of those community outreach things. When I graduated, I promise you, that was one thing I thought, man, I'm, I kind of miss that. Because when you go read to a child, um, especially in the city of Columbus, in some of the areas where the free and reduced lunches are in the 90 percentile uh-huh. rate, when you go and read to them, first of all, they crave somebody to come in and, and that is of any kind of looked upon as a celebrity, right? Quote, unquote, my air quotes here. He, um, he literally did air quotes. <laughs> I know this is, and, this, is, this is audio, but he did them. And so uh, you, when you go in there, they obviously get something out of it. Sure. They're, they're craving it. Um, but I do believe the student athlete does, too. When they're driving back to Woody Hayes facility or campus, they're thinking of themselves the bigger perspective on things. So I really miss that element. And Mike and I and Luke, we talked about continuing to do that once we graduated. And instead of just going and getting the book, the Dr. Seuss book from the principal to read to the second grade class, why don't we try to raise some money and buy all those kids a book? Yeah. And Mike and Luke were like, yeah, this is great. You know, so we held a little football camp and we raised enough money to buy um, around 700 books. I started calling principals in town. Turns out we could go to seven schools, read to their entire second grade class, and that took care of all the books we had. And that was the first year. And we we decided, boy, this was this is really good. Why don't we continue to do this and call it, a fi- you know, file for a 501c3 and call it the Second and Seven Foundation because it was second graders and there were seven schools. And it so perfectly ties and in. It's a football yes. you know analogy. So the next year our football camp just blew up, and then we could go to 15 schools, and then the next year kept growing, and then the business community started to take notice, and and we, honest to goodness, I promise you, from the beginning we said, look, if we keep our heart in the right place here. It will grow beyond our wildest dreams, this this foundation, because we're doing good things. And I've seen, you know, football players, former Ohio State football players, have football camps or put their name on a football mm-hmm. camp over the last 20-some years since I've played. And they've come and gone. Our football camp has been around for 16 years because wow. the, your heart's in the right place. Again, when you, when you work hard, you don't care who gets the credit. Great things happen. That's what's happened with Second and Seven. Uh, in 16 years, we've now, the last eight years, have been writing our own children's books. 
We, we publish them and print them so that we can actually produce more. We go to over now Ohio State University student athletes every Thursday and Friday. So, for instance, this week we've already gone to two schools and had student athletes at Ohio State read to those schools, yeah. give out books. It's grown to the point where it's in 37 other universities. Wow. 14 different states. Unbelievable. It's, it all started. It all started with this one little wow. football camp and 47 kids at this little park in Westerville right across the street from Luke Fickle's hometown house. <laughs> and we would we would bring the bags from his garage <laughs> and walk them over. It was four days, which was too long. Um, it was too inexpensive. We had too many costs. The overhead was way too high. Everything was wrong, right? Yeah. But the mission was right. Right, right. And so that's what, what happened since that time. Amy Hoying is now the executive director. Oh, fantastic. She was. Uh, she's the wife of one of our teammates, Tommy sure, Hoying. Sure. You remember the name. And then, um, so there's other two other part-time employees there that they're they're killing it. They're doing a great job. They're passionate about it. One of their um, initiatives is to continue to grow the national program. Clearly, Ohio State and a lot of the colleges in town in the state of Ohio have adopted the program. We're actually going. Uh, Coach Tressel up at uh, Youngstown has done a great job of not only integrating it but coming up with other great ideas to continue to grow the program. So. We've been fortunate, but again, it always gets back to if your heart's in the right place and with philanthropic work, believe me, there's enough people out there that want to help. If you can just give them some direction, they'll help you, and you can make a big difference. I don't care if it's a little drip in the ocean, there's a wave that it's created or a little bit of a, a ripple effect. And um, I, I, we always encourage our staff and people that we come in contact with just to try to be a little drop, just a small little <clears throat> one, and you'll be amazed at what happens. What is next for M2 marketing out there on the horizon. Yeah, I think like we talked about before, the the biggest thing on our agenda for, for M2 is uh, really working to make the business more sustainable. So being able to figure out a path to growth that, you know, we can still be involved, but the, the business isn't so dependent on us. And I know that's such a challenge for so many entrepreneurs out there because partly because they love what they're doing and they like to be involved and mm-hmm. as the two of us do, you know, I, I still code. I'm, you know, I still get in there and, and program and project manage. Um, but I also want the business to be a sustainable, you know, when we get ready to retire, whether that looks like it's a, a business that could be sold or, you know, somebody who wants to, to take over the, the business, you know, I want to make it sustainable without uh, needing Ryan and Meg, you know, running it on the day-to-day operation. So that's really the, the focus is to figure out how to uh, continue to, to make the business function. Uh, and again, it's not because Ryan and Meg are going away. We love what we do. We just want to make it more sustainable going forward. And, and it also helps the business be ready for more growth too. Cause again, our, our time is limited and going back to that work, work life balance, uh, it's really a, an important step for us. And, and I know a challenge that so many entrepreneurs face, uh, as they go through their growing pains. And to use a sports analogy, coach Tressel told me this uh, a long time ago, and he's, he's had a lot of great influences on me and a lot of great sayings, but to use a sports analogy, um, life in general and business, especially for an entrepreneur, is kind of like a four-by-four relay. That Uh first lap, you have your mentors, your coaches, your your individuals, your parents, whoever it is, right, that that hold your hand and, and show you around that lap. Okay, and that's basically the first five years of a business. Uh-huh. If you have it right, you know, you got mentors and they're showing you, helping you around. Then after those first five years, kind of like the first 20 years of life, now your parents let, let go or yeah. the mentors let go. And that second lap can be a little challenging because now you don't have that 
that rudder to keep you in the right lane all the time. And sometimes you are not sure if you're turning left or right. And, and so it can take a little bit of a long time to get around that lap. But, but by the time you get through a 10, 11 year cycle of a business, you've been around that lap now. And now we're at that point where we should, we're about to get to hit, hit that lap, that third lap, which should be your fastest lap. Uh-huh. And then, um, and then that final lap is your victory lap. And, uh, and I believe that by putting a system in place where Megan isn't going to be coding, it provides us to really cook and really run faster and faster and faster because some of the things that, that we um, feel like we can accomplish as owners of the business are more on that big picture strategy mm-hmm. and giving time to ourselves to really focus on that big picture strategy and getting out of the minutia of the daily grind is something that 2016 is going to be a bright year for us. Uh, Ryan Miller, Meg McCabe, it has been such a pleasure to to learn about your business, to learn about you. And for Ohio State fans out there, the story of Ohio State's first website, maybe now listeners of CBuzz know something about Ohio State football that Jack Park doesn't know. So that is... <laughs> He's one of our clients. clients. Hey, it all comes together. Yep. Ryan, Meg, thank you guys so much. Thank you for having Thanks. us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to CBuzz. I'm your host, Dan Swartout. CBuzz is recorded at GrooveU Studios. Mark Pasternak is our engineer. Delara Casey is our producer. And you are our listeners, and we appreciate that you're tuning in. We'd love to hear your feedback on CBuzz by leaving a rating or review on iTunes. Until then, we'll be back soon with another story from another great Columbus business owner or owners. And we'll catch you next time here on CBuzz. Thanks so much. Bye.